Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad you've joined us for this conversation. In this episode, we're going to be talking at Acts chapter 20, and we just want to say how glad we are that you've brought us along on your morning walk or maybe your evening commute. It's wonderful that you want to have this time in looking at God's Word, the Bible. Edwin, what's our text for today? We are in Acts chapter 20 this week. I will be reading verses 6 through 12, and I am reading from the English Standard Version. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, let me read that again. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus sitting at the window sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and taking him in his arms and said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak. And so departed, and they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. Hey, it's one of these amazing miracles, demonstrations that Paul is an apostle. Here is the power of God, which is giving credit to the word of God, which the apostle Paul is preaching. Feel like that uh, even in your reading, you were emphasizing some of the time markers that Luke presents for us. Mm. Something about the Picked first up on that, day of the week. Yeah, so in verse 6, isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul does seem to be trying to, to make his uh, make his travel, make his voyage, but he's got a layover uh, five days and then joining them at Troas where we stayed another seven days. Why in the world would you put, a, put, a, put the brakes on your trip and on your travels for a week? Well, verse 16, it does point out that he is hastening to be at Jerusalem. This does not sound like hastening. I know when I am hastening, I, I'm, I'm like, kids, uh, go to the bathroom now because you don't get to go for the rest of the trip. No, we're not stopping at McDonald's. No, there aren't layovers. We are hastening. But he does stay for these several days in order to be with them on the first day of the week. At least that's what it seems like. I think that's a very logical conclusion. Well, and you realize in verse 6, he's making this travel, the days of unleavened bread have passed. If he wants to get back to Jerusalem by, uh, you know, by... Uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. Thank you. <laughs> got a little got a little lost in my words there. Uh, you know, he's he's got he's got 50 days to do it. Not not long. So, yeah, taking seven days to wait around. So the first day of the week is really important. What happens here on the first day of the week? Well, we see that the disciples are gathering on the first day of the week. Isn't that what it said? Uh, verse seven there, the disciples came together. So he's come to Troas. There's evidently a church there. And they meet on the first day of the week. And he's stayed seven days. He has stayed a week in this town looking forward to this meeting together. It says that they gathered together to break bread. That's an 
thought-provoking idiom. What what does it mean they gather together to break bread? Well, I understand that as one of those idiomatic expressions. It's speaking to the Lord's Supper, the communion that the Lord institute, instituted on the night of his betrayal uh, and arrest, that he took bread and broke it, shared it with the disciples. It was to commemorate his body, that he shared the cup, the fruit of the vine. They drank it. It was to represent his blood. Uh, when we saw that the church began on that first Pentecost record force in Acts chapter 2, in the subsequent days of the church, as the congregation was continuing in the apostles' doctrine, that is their teaching, they also continued in the breaking of bread. Here's this enigmatic expression, which I understand to be, uh, again, pointing back to or communicating the communion, the Lord's Supper. So the there's evidence historically that the idiom of breaking bread, and even today we use it this way, is a reference to just eating. We we broke bread together. We we got together at Cheddar's and broke bread. And in fact, even later in this paragraph, it's going to be used in that more generic, general sense. Mm-hmm. Yet here, when it talks about the church gathering together to break bread, as here's my understanding. Tell me what you think about this. As we walk through the scripture's use, the New Testament use of this idiom, even though that more generic general use can be used and is even used in a couple of verses, we find something very specific, as you've pointed out, in the New Testament. I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Mm -hmm. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul, as he's talking about the church and he's talking about the church gathering together, he says, this is 1 Corinthians ten fifteen. I speak as to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. This is in contrast to the Jews, he goes on, and the sacrificial meals that they participate in. It's also in contrast earlier in chapter 10, as he talked about the sins of the Israelites going into pagan idolatry as they sat down to eat and got up to play. He says, when we Christians gather together and sit down to eat, it's participating in the blood of Christ. It's breaking the body of Christ. I come back to Acts chapter 20, and when we have the church is gathered together to break bread, while I guess it's possible that's to refer to the church coming together to just have a meal, when I look through the New Testament and I hear about the church gathering for a meal, it's a very specific meal. It is the supper of the Lord, and the bread that we break is the body of the Lord. The cup of blessing that we bless, that's a very particular reference to a particular cup during the Passover meal mm. that Jesus used to prepare the way for mm-hmm. the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so while that idiom can be used in a broader sense, and we even use it today when it's talking about the church gathering together, which drives me back to this, when did they do it? Paul has been waiting around. Mm-hmm. When did they do it? Mm-hmm. On the first day of the week. On, on the Sunday. first day of the week. When Jesus instituted the supper... He says, as often as you take it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at, well, how often did they take it? Mm-hmm. And uh, Weekly. So often every, every first day that came along. That's what we find in along. 1 Corinthians. In fact, 
when Paul rebukes them in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he's been talking about how they get together on the first day of the week. We know from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, that's when they're getting together on the first day of the week. And now he rebukes them because he points out in 1 Corinthians 11, when you guys are getting together, it's not to take the Lord's Supper. Now that's I think that's fascinating in this context of the breaking bread and trying to figure out exactly what is that idiom referring to. Because if the church was gathering together on the first day of the week and it's not to take the Lord's Supper, now we've got a problem. When the church gathers on the first day of the week, what's it supposed to be for? Yeah. To break the bread, which is the body of the Lord. And and Paul rebukes them in 1 Corinthians 11 saying, that's not what you're doing. You're just getting together to eat. Which led to some other problems. Not only were they just getting together to eat, because they were just getting together to eat, they weren't even being nice about it. They were Secondary problem. Nice. No, and again, as you, I think, uh, well point out this connection to uh, the insights of church assemblies from 1 Corinthians 14, seeing some of the things that are going on, or well, in other passages in 1 Corinthians as well. There was singing. There was prayer. There was this limitation on speakers, you know, the prophets, but uh, two are at the most three, right? Uh, Apparently some of these sermons can get quite long, and we have one here in Acts chapter 20. Uh, There's preaching on this occasion as the Apostle Paul continues on his uh, message to late, late into the night, and doesn't our heart all go out to Brother Eutychus? Because who hasn't, who hasn't been there, folks? (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the little uh the little poem goes the now i lay me down to sleep the sermon's long the subject's deep if he should quit before i wake some kind soul give me a shake <laughs> did you just write that just now or did you hear that? no uh, unfortunately i've heard that oh okay <laughs> that's 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 pretty impressive. That's a pretty good little poem. That's, that's, that's kind of the length of my poetry. Absolutely. <laughs> when we try to think of Bible characters and persons that we can most identify with, f- folks rarely mention Eutychus, and yet I think for all of us that may be the one that should be at the top of the list. I, I mean, know, sometimes they, sometimes they, I've wanted to fall asleep in my own sermons. That's what I say. There, but for the grace of God go I. <laughs> That and, and aisle seats. <laughs> Not, don't always want the seat by the window. Yeah. So, yeah, here he is by the window, and Paul is taking this lesson for a very lengthy discourse. And the reason he's making it long is because he's leaving the next day. That's exactly right. This is the last time he's getting to speak to them, at least for some time. And so he's packing it in, and he's, he's piling in. The longest sermon I've ever preached was two hours. Wow. We, we even had a break. We knew it was going to be that way. Uh, we, we even had a break in the middle of it. But but uh, the, the standard, sir, I, I, now folks have said that it's felt longer than that plenty of times, but the longest it's ever actually been is two hours. So I've, I guess we don't know when Paul started, so we don't know quite how long this sermon till midnight is. Here's one thing I want to bring up. So we're back at the first day of the week. We've got this thing with Eutychus. He preaches till midnight. Eutychus falls out the window. He dies. It's the miracle you talked about. Then it says that Paul went back up and broke bread. So now is he taking the Lord's Supper on Monday? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I think you, we've already had this assembly, this sermon. <laughs> this one even had a, a miracle. Uh, and and now what we see is, okay, we've spent a week here in Troas. 
I'm on a time schedule. I'm going to be traveling, departing the next day. It's time to have a meal. And as you pointed out, uh, this expression can be understood in both ways. Context is going to be the key. Um, what you have a context now is talking about eating and then at daybreak, departing. So we have in this paragraph that this is what we have to keep separate. We have what the church gathered together to do. They gathered together for the purpose of breaking bread. Do we think they accomplished it or not? I believe they did. Sure. They gathered together on the first of the week to do this. They accomplished it. And then now that they're together, what do they also do? They let Paul speak. Mm -hmm. And he speaks with them for a very lengthy period of time. And Mm -hmm. for anyone who's ever done any public speaking, you know that that can really zap energy and strength. Well, and particularly if they started later in the day, you know. And if you're going to be on the road walking in the morning, what do you need? You need to replenish strength. So I think what we've got here very simply is the church did gather together to break bread, and they did. They took that Lord's Supper. Paul preaches. Eutychus dies. Paul raises him from the dead. And then because churches often met in homes, he didn't have to leave and go somewhere else. He's come back into the house of the person who is hosting the church assembly, mm-hmm. and he eats. And he sits there and he talks with them. And I think this is interesting that the word for speaking up in verse 7 and 9 and the word for speaking in verse 11 are different words. Now, words are often used interchangeably, but I do notice that back up in 7 and 9, Mm-hmm. They had a particular word, mm-hmm. and now here in verse 11, it's a different word. You're referring to in, in the original in the Greek. Yes, 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 I am. And so here is highlighting something different is going on. Something is different going on right now than was going on before. Mm-hmm. What we have here is Paul eating his meal. He's getting ready to leave. He needs the strength, and now he's just conversing with the people who have who have hung around. Yeah. Because some people have left with Eutychus. Yeah. And some of his own followers and those with him that we mentioned in yesterday's podcast, you weren't here, but Jax and I talked about that. They've gone with him. Anyway, I just wanted us to drive home today. We've got the first day of the week. That's when they were partaking of the Lord's Supper. It sure looks like in the New Testament they did that every first day of the week. Here's what I often say. When should I take the Lord's Supper? On the first day of the week. And when it's the first day of the week, what should the church gather and do? Have the Lord's Supper. Have the Lord's Supper. We'd love to hear what you're learning from the text. We'd love to know. Maybe you think we're really missing it on that. Send us a message. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Andrew, wrap us up in prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. It is a gift from your hand. And whatever day someone might be listening to this podcast and and studying along in Acts chapter 20, I, I pray your blessings upon them and upon us. Father, that we might know your truth, that we might walk in it, and that we might appreciate What a special thing the first day of the week is that the church meets together, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus and the way that he has instituted his body, the bread, his blood, the cup. And Father, on the day of his resurrection, the first day of the week, we glory in that truth. We thank you that we can proclaim it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.